Well, we're back, Stacks and Jacks. Um, Andrew, now that you've played that, you got to re- refresh my memory. It's driving me nuts. What show was that? Was that the Big Valley or the High Chaparral? Uh, I got no idea. Uh, our, our friend uh, uh, Matt Byrne put that in there for me to start it off. It says JBL Wrestling Open. JBO Wrestling Open. Good Lord, maybe Luke can help us out. SB Futures down 38, and SF Futures down 151. This is after, so we're we're way down after the uh, bizarre uh, CPI number and Fed announcement of only 50 basis points instead of 75, and we're down on the episode, Lou. What do you think of that? Can you remember what show that is? Well, it's not High Chaparral. Um... I don't know. It didn't sound like Big Valley. I didn't. I didn't recognize it. Well, I've heard it. I've heard it when I used to watch all those shows. But I don't. You don't. You don't think it was High Shep Real, right? Well, I'm thinking. To, I don't. I don't think so. But that's not. Uh, I, I, my my memory of certain TV programs is is kind of limited. Andrew, I think you should uh, at some point here during break go to find a. Uh, YouTube feed of the of the theme songs of all the old westerns and find it. I'll do my best. I'll try. <laughs> How's that for a sign? <laughs> so how are you? What do you what do you make of all this? So is, is is sort of an outsider? What do you think? What do you make of all the goings on this week? The CPI number coming in very light. Of course, I don't I don't I didn't believe it when it was going up. I don't believe it now, and I I really question why other people do believe it. Um, and when I say believe it. I think at the end of the day, there's an awful lot of people that work really hard on the price of rice, the price of this, the price of that. But there's somehow or other there's a there's a governor on the big stuff on why we can't count hospitalization, why we can't count housing, why we why we we lie on on the big ones, and it's right there for all to see. I mean, it's not like it's hidden. Let's see, housing's up seven percent in in two years, in, in a year, and we all know it's up thirty. I mean, okay, we'll just put that out there and expect people to believe it, but. I don't, I don't so, so I, I look at this from the perspective <clears throat> of the guy who goes and shops for groceries, a guy who um, just got a car loan, and, <clears throat> and the stuff that I'm hearing concerning that. So I'm shopping for groceries, and I notice that the bags of salad, which I buy occasionally, are not only smaller... But more expensive. Yep. I noticed that this is true for a number of other kind of products that I'm I'm picking up. Um, I noticed that you know my car loan rate uh, was X percent, <clears throat> but I'm talking to people with credit scores that are are comparable or higher than mine who are are paying you know two to three percentage points higher, not, not decimal points, percentage points higher on on car loans. Um, I look at the collapse you know, of friends here in, in Denver who are realtors, and I look at them talking about the collapse in, uh, in Denver housing sales and housing starts. Um, I look at the collapse in or the, the flatlining of uh, uh, real estate prices prices in the mountains in luxury communities like Breckenridge or uh, Keystone not the not the real upscale places like Aspen and Vail but but just you know 
vacation spots here where people frequently have uh, you know timeshares or condos or second homes and I, I see what's happening there and you know as far as I'm concerned there may be a slight decrease in the increase rate of inflation but you know the price increases and the cost of money you know all of that going up those those price increases march on I think they're the only thing that the only thing that has not continued to rise is gasoline and I think that's a function of the refining situation starting to catch up with demand and the fact that demand is dropping because we the the people that are responsible for this see a recession coming well I think uh, you just in a different way uh, in a non-financial way probably much more much better for people to understand you, you you basically have talked about in terms of these prices flatlining they are and I think it's like you say gasoline's going down and uh, they're flatlining but if you, if you don't if you don't take account and you don't um, let's put it this way say say your um, people's electric and gas bill <clears throat> 20 years ago was whatever half of one percent of the basket one percent of the basket maybe of the average person to see those go up relentlessly for 20 years um, and you know it's that it's still not uh, well yeah it is cumbersome for a lot of people but for it to go up relentlessly for 20 years and all of a sudden you look at say gee 2000 it was you know 30 bucks a month and now it's 60 or 70 and you have uh, a CPI number that says on balance are only up 56% somewhere someplace you either need to raise that piece of somebody's basket or you have to go back and recalculate or you have to do something or else it becomes just a, it becomes just a, a rolling lie for lack of a better term and, and to think that you know hospitalization I, I believe I believe absolutely nothing that comes out of our government agencies with respect to the price index or with respect to our labor numbers I mean I mean they might be useful for our <clears throat> at some at some comparison basis in terms of, of uh, relative change but I believe nothing with regard to those numbers um, the, the our agencies have proven to be totally uh, under the thumb of the political considerations and so if the data is bad they will simply redefine the term they will alter the number. They will change the counting procedure. Whatever, but I have no, I have no confidence in any of these numbers anymore. That's a terrible thing to say, but uh, but it's the way I am right now. Well, I, I am too. And, and and the thing that's, that's sad about it, and I was actually with with some of your outfit last night, two attorneys and a judge, uh, and they, they they're still they're still sort of believers. But you know, but, but, let's put it this way: I don't have any doubt that the poor guy who shows up wherever the hell the Bureau of Labor Statistics is and his job is, is rice and noodles or something that the, di- the guy works his fanny off to make sure that the rice of brown rice and white rice of short grain and long grain and the detail that this goes into I think you could make book on this guy's report noodles, I don't, I don't think any of those people at that level have the idea that they're going to change the world by cheating on the price of rice or noodles Yet somewhere, somewhere between there and publishing, there's a desk where a guy goes, well, wait a minute, 
I don't, I don't care that hospitalization is twenty percent of the economy. It's it's seven percent of like my basket. <laughs> okay, I, I'm dying. Just, uh, it's not just the corruption or but whatever we, it happens. But we watch, want, it's <clears throat> it is corruption, but it's it's corruption of a particularly bureaucratic kind. And and I, I want I, I keep coming back to this because we're starting to get some transparency on the decision making process. But but if you watch what happened with COVID, and you watch what happened with the way that CDC and NIH and and the Institute of Medicine you know uh, gained the the way these numbers were reported, gained the way these terms were defined. And one of the most telling things for me was... Lou, you got to move in the room a little bit. Okay. Anybody? Yep, a little bit. Uh, okay. One of the most telling things for me was the fact that, you know, when it, when it became apparent that the vaccine that was rolled out in August or was licensed in August of 2021 was not doing what we typically would expect a vaccine to do, in, re- in response, what did CDC do? They doubled down. <clears throat> no, they, they, they changed the definition of vaccine. Oh, yeah. They went in on their website and changed the, the medical definition of vaccine so that instead of actually preventing illness, it was something that was designed to mitigate the effect of illness. And it... it I, I, when I saw that, I just said, okay, well, there, there's... Lou, you're breaking up pretty bad. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that uh, the lady used to uh, help as a producer, Eliani, um, if you, you know, she was outright with her opinions, which is fine, uh, because I sure am. Uh, we actually had a debate. I was cooking breakfast one day. She goes, this is a vaccine, a vaccine. She goes, a flu shot is a vaccine. I go, well, yeah, it's not a vaccine. It, it's it's it doesn't stop you from having flu for like the rest of your life, like smallpox or polio or something. It, it's 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 not. Well, she, and she googles it right in front of me on her phone, where the phone is always in her hand, and uh, it says right here, it's uh, is is the COVID thing a vaccine? Yes, it is. You're wrong. Why why do you keep saying this on the air? And I, so I did I, I did uh, what a friend of mine told me to do. If you ever go to these garage sales or whatever the hell they are, estate sales, if you can buy a Webster's dictionary from about 20 years ago, buy it. That's exactly right. So I did, and I look up vaccine, and it said, something that stops people from getting a disease like a smallpox vaccine. <laughs> so that, that's the definition. I mean, it's... it's right. Well, but, but see, but see in our, and, and this is, this is a, a function of the digital world that we live in, where all of your, if your resources are online, those, those terms can be changed with, you know, a, a, in 30 seconds on a website. Yeah, and that's what and that's what that's what CDC did. You know, there was no and there was no debate about this. They just did it, and they did it to cover their rear ends. It it it's much like the it's much like the you know the death date. Yeah, for COVID. You know, you you will if you go in, you will find. I actually put this in one of my briefs um, in our our Milvax military vaccine case in South Carolina, where you know the government leads off its brief by saying. COVID is a serious disease. It's a horrible thing. It's killed over a million people. And and I, I'm, I'm tired of listening to that. And so we fired off of the opening the opening footnote in our brief says, the government's claim that over a million people have died is completely unverifiable. Nobody knows how many people died from COVID. And then I put, I put two quotes in. <clears throat> the first 
was from, well, let's see, when she was at CDC in March of 2020, when they said, if people are dying with COVID, we are counting it as a COVID death. Oh, absolutely, because the hospital's got a bonus. And the second quote was from FEMA, or from uh, talking about the fact that they were giving people a $9,000 death benefit if the death certificate showed a COVID fatality. And so, you know, I I don't know why I don't know why this wasn't, you know, blasted out into the into the ether. Well, I do know why, because to maximize deaths was a way of bashing Trump. Once we had more people die under Biden, that, that number disappeared. But but I know Lou, you always you always bring it back to people doing something to Trump, but I think it had no, to do with no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying in terms of reporting, this, this is done, and and you see this, you see this under, this is outside the, outside the media stuff. This is within the bureauc, the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy acts to cover its rear end. And, I, I and think the, the, the personal interests of these people. I think that was in, out. I think that was round two. The round one was. I think hospitals got a, a, a spiff on Medicare or something if the person died for COVID. That, COVID. that is that's undoubtedly true, and 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 I I absolutely think that's correct. It was like a six thousand or or ten thousand dollars stipend that kicked in for a for yeah. COVID death. But but yeah, if you look at if you look at um, the the email discussions in February and March of, of 2020, you see you see Fauci and his people moving. To conceal the fact that the vaccine, that this virus may have originated in the lab, a lab that, oh by the way, they were funding, yeah, and a lab that they had they had lost control of, and and nobody bothered to mention this to anybody. Well, that nobody I think uh, I honestly think that should be prosecuted. But I just go back, humor me, humor me here for a second. Go back to our CPI thing because I I ran into the same same sort of issues. Although different at the at the CBOE, it's not so much CBOE were good people, but it wasn't. But if some policy that somebody sort of knew was really the policy of somebody, and you never could figure out who the somebody was. I guess what I'm I'm curious of, Lou, and I'll never I'll never get the answer to it. Um, person one <clears throat> who grabs the uh, you know the, the rice <laughs> the rice data. <laughs> and he sends it over to the desk with the guy who does. You know, rice noodles and God knows what else. Flour. I don't think either one of those guys or ladies are messing with the numbers. But then there's going to go to another desk where a guy takes the, work, takes the work of eight people and puts them together. You know, classic financial reporting. Everybody reports, and you go up to the next guy, and, and his sheet of paper has, contains all the other guy's stuff. I'm curious where in the system somebody picks up the, uh, the wins from Vichy, like the guy said, Claude Rain said at Casablanca. Where in the system somebody says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess with this number," and, and but he must. Oh, well, yeah, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you exactly how that works, or at least in my experience. When I, when I worked in, uh, you know, when I was in, in DOD, and then when we went back through and audited some government uh, government systems, <clears throat> you see the change when somebody who is politically attuned to this stuff sees the numbers looks at them and says, oh, this is going to be bad for so-and-so, whatever faction. And those numbers go up with a caveat in the email or the letter saying, oh, by the way, understand that this number 
rice, labor, COVID vaccines, or deaths, this number is bad. There is a fix. We can count this like this in this way and minimize the impact of that number. We can consolidate the data with another um, with another month, or we can not report this data, and and that way, uh, you know, dump it into a, maybe the next month when things will be better. You saw this in the national crime reporting stats, Chief. Oh yeah. Well, I'm yeah, just I'm just curious as if follow that follow that story. L.A., New York, Philly, Baltimore, Boston, Miami, and a couple of other major uh, cities just didn't report to the FBI what their crime data was. Well, but I, 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 all right, I get. But is 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 it high enough? Does that memo go from the head of the Bureau of Labor Statistics to somebody in the White House? Is that high, or is the guy in Labor Statistics taking it upon himself? It, it it depends. I mean, it depends how bad the news is. If, if it's if it's bad enough, you're going to have somebody at the White House who gets a phone call from somebody in the in the agency <clears throat> saying, "Hey, just tipping you guys off. This number is going to look really bad this month." And that that White House aide immediately starts thinking, "I got we, how are we going to spin this?" He'll go back to the agency, or she'll go back to the agency and say, "Give me another way of reporting this information, so that so that we can brief our friends in the press, our friends at the you know in, in whatever social influencer circles are out there as to what this story is." And 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 believe me. This goes on. This goes on at a at a high level. In some cases, there are actual advocacy groups that are formed to, to put out a certain kind of story to to the press. We're seeing this being organized with the, on, on Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden story right now. And the reason I reference that, I'm, I'm sure it goes on another in there with the Republicans. But but the reason I mention that is this was just put out that there's a there's a high powered group of uh, of uh, you know Biden friends that are coming together to put to put us uh, and deal with stories about Hunter Biden when this laptop investigation starts for. Um, I have it on somewhat of authority. You, 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 so so the call goes. Sometimes the call goes up. Sometimes the call goes down. The call comes down generally when the White House or or somebody at the top of the agency is going to push some particular initiative that the lower level folks aren't aware of and this information is bad for that. So the call comes down at that point to the people who make them looking at the numbers saying figure out some way to trigger this so we're not reporting a bad a bad result or I, uh, going to affect this program. At this point, Lou, with the Hunter Biden thing, and I don't really I mean I know what you guys say and I, and I know the, the whole thing about him grabbing the dough in Ukraine was pretty sleazy. I also have some people who had kids that were in in Washington at the time he was there, and they, you know they were they were clerking and stuff for people, and uh, said the guy was not not somebody you want to hang around with. Let's put it that way. Now it's reaching the point here that if whatever happens, if somebody calls the guy out or does something, I mean I don't know necessarily that following in your your daddy's footsteps to get yourself a bo- uh, a board position somewhere is necessary prosecute you know prosecute that, that's not that you, you know. miss the point and I, see this is because you're a victim you are a victim of the campaign that has been been launched 
to try to deflect from what that story really is about. I dropped that I dropped that reference just because it came out in the press within the last week about this. I, I didn't read anything. I'm, I'm just saying in, in general, Lou, the, the people who, the, the young Bush was on the board of the Silverado Savings Chief, and Loan. Chief, I don't care about Hunter Biden. I don't either. Okay? I care about his dad. And I care about the fact that there is a really good chance, based on the evidence that we know about right now, that Joe Biden was selling and profiting from his vice presidential status because of what his kid was doing. And that's all I care about. Hunter can run off and snort coke with as many hookers as he wants to and and, and whatever. I think he was, he was, he was, he was pretty good. I care about where that money that he got ended up. Well, all right, Lou, let me see. We look at these things a, a little differently. And actually, actually, no, we don't. Every time I think somebody does something like that, there's always somebody up the chain being the dad or uncle, whoever it is, is somehow part of it. I mean, I, I, I mean Bush's kid. I'm not, I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure there's anything prosecutable with respect to to Hunter Biden coming in and saying, hi, I'm Hunter Biden, and and letting some sheik somewhere draw whatever inference he wants from the fact that this guy is a Biden. Yeah, except I'm it's... I'm not worried it's, about that. I am. It's disgusting. It, it, but, but it's not prosecutable. Maybe what it should, maybe it should be. Is, what I'm concerned about is Burisma dumping... <clears throat> Thirty million into Joe into Hunter Biden's account, and Biden and and there and being an understanding that that ten percent of that or whatever that number was in that email is set aside for the vice president of the United States, so that his son can peddle whatever influence the VP can put, put together, followed by the VP himself bragging about having had some guy fired who was inimical to his son's and the VP's private business interests. That's what I care about. Lou, I, the, only, the only difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is I want somehow or another, I want a new sheriff in town all over the place to where I don't care if it's prosecutorial. It's... it's yeah, well, no. I mean, I, I want it... I it's want it sleazy. So, so let me change... Let me right, give, give me give me one second before okay. break. I'll give what you all, you, all the time after think, break. What do you... What do you think about DeSantis's COVID? Uh, that's that's my that's my number one question for today. Let's do that after the break. But I my my question is: This is I knew I knew one of my guys. My guys he was a client way back in the day. And long story, he, he expatriated and everything. He knew all the nuts and bolts of everything that was going on in in Arizona. He was the second biggest developer behind behind Keating. Although he managed to sell enough places, he saw the handwriting on the wall where he didn't get hurt that bad. Son almost took him out, but he did okay. But you know all the players, Lou. And, and uh, one of the biggest players was a Silverado place, and they were in Denver, I believe, right? Yes. And on that board, allegedly it was a CIA front with all kinds. On the board was, was the other Bush, the one that has never been elected. Uh, there's, another, there's another brother, I think. Uh, so he ended up on that board. Now, of course, the place totally blows up. People lose all his dough. The guy's, the guy's held harmless, all right? But it's not just that. In, in the Resolution Trust, there were all these properties in Arizona that were going for thirty cents on the buck or forty cents, and they, one of them was I think I think one of them might have been the Phoenician was part of a group of properties, and all of a sudden, the uh, 
they get the dictum from Washington that even though the people locally, whoever was doing this stuff, they'd put it together for 40 cents on the buck. Washington wanted whoever was going to take properties to take like more than 10 or 15. And, and nobody could do that. Except a group of Bush buddies, probably the same people. All of a sudden, they came out there and got everything at like 20 cents on the buck. Now, you can't tell me that money didn't make it to the Bush campaign, Lou. I mean, I mean, these people just got you all draw, this, they just got... Straight line, you draw a straight line for that or draw a line for that, then that's possible. See, but see, I, I want all that stopped. I want... I want Hunter, I want Joe, I want Bush. All these people, I don't want my government doing this, and I don't want everybody out there holding everybody harmless because they're a sleazebag just like them. Well, we got to start somewhere, and, and the idea that, well, this might have happened under George Bush 40 years ago is not going to sell. But the idea that we've got people who are alive now who can talk about what happened with that, that about the information contained on that laptop, so this is, let's start with this. Well, but I mean, we're talking, it's it's rampant, Lou. It's, it's Janet Yellen. It's, who's the guy, uh, the, the, the judge, the guy who just became a Supreme Court judge. He was everybody's clerk, and he got this position, that position. Now, now he's a Supreme Court. What did the guy ever do for anybody, Lou? I mean, same thing with the Geithner, the Democratic. Every time his, uh, he did something, he screwed up. His dad made him a clerk for like a Supreme Court guy or somebody. All of a sudden, he's, he's, he becomes the... The most powerful, probably the most powerful guy in the Fed is the, the president of New York Fed. He's the one who actually does the trading. I mean, look, what, what are we doing? <laughs> it's, it's it's like a, a circle jerk world for God's sake. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I agree. So let's start let's start throwing uh, where we can where we can force it out in the open. By the way, let's go to break and let's talk about this DeSantis thing. If there's any chance that this is actually going to pull up any facts, I'm all for it. Uh, SP futures down 37. NASDAQ futures down 141. So much for the. Uh, Good consumer report and everything else. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, 
Innovation and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation of the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. Andrew on the board, we have Lou Michaels with us. SB Futures now down 41. It's the lowest I've seen it. Actually opened up unchanged to a little up last night, which is uh, bizarre, because now that I got March, the March Futures are, uh, NASDAQ, we got both Futures going today. I think the, the, the December's fall off the board today. Uh, anyway, the uh, the March futures are down 154. Dow futures down 263. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX. Wow, I'm, ouch! Down 165, 1.2%. FTSE down 34. That's only 0.4%. Can't go around, however, down 77, 1.1%. So um, that uh, they're not they're not happy with the Fed announcement for some reason. But the Nikkei down 104.4%. Hang Seng down 304, 1.5. It's still over 19,000. Way higher than the. We used to worry about it going under 20,000, and it went to 14.4. Now it's back almost to 20,000, so I don't know where that exactly puts them. Shanghai down 8.8, eight, eight, that's a 0.25%. Yesterday, as a way of review, Dow was down 142, S&P down 24, NASDAQ down 85. Uh, bonds uh, down 3 basis points, 3.46. Raise interest rates in the 10 years down. This is bizarre world. Uh, Bund unchanged at 1.94, heading back towards 2 there. They're they're. Stru- they're Ten years going up and ours is going down, although they're not exactly even. Even Japan, guess what? 0.25. Oil down two cents, 77.26. Brent unchanged. Natural gas down three cents, 6.46. Arbob down a penny at 2.23. Got gold getting whacked down 30 bucks, 17.88. Um, the hawkish Fed. I mean, obviously people think that lowering intru- interest. Well, the hawkish Fed raising interest rate is uh, it's bad for gold. I don't I don't see the Fed raising any more from here. To be honest with you. Silver down 74 cents, 23.39. Copper down 4 cents, 3.83. We've got Bitcoin down 81 bucks, but still well over 17,000, 17,695. And the U.S. dollar is uh, is actually is real strong today. That's why all this other stuff's down. Uh, the British pound's down uh, almost nine, almost a full percent, and the European uh, euro is down 0.6, 106 and 123 on those numbers. We have for us traffic weather sports, Andrew. All right, it is uh, 6.37 here in Chicago on Thursday, the 15th of December. Uh, For sports in the NFL, tonight the 49ers play the Seahawks at 7.15 Chicago time. 
over to the NHL. Tonight, the Blackhawks play the Golden Knights at 7.30. And for the NBA, uh, last night the Bulls lost to the Knicks, uh, 128-120. And tonight, uh, the Suns play the Clippers at 9.30 Chicago time. And now finally, for the World Cup uh, yesterday, France won 2-0 over Morocco. And now for weather in Chicago, it is currently at 35 degrees, cloudy. We're going to have a high of only just 37 today. And over in Phoenix, they're also at 36 degrees. They're going to be clear and have a high of 58. Now for Chicago traffic, uh, we had some earlier accidents today. Uh, the inbound Dan Ryan is experiencing pretty heavy traffic from about 43rd Street to downtown. And this is because uh, the exit from the inbound Dan Ryan to the outbound Eisenhower is... Eisenhower is closed due to an earlier accident. Um, and other than that, we got some pretty heavy traffic on the inbound Jane Adams and also on the inbound I-94. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Um, Lou, you'll never guess what's happening this month. I won't. The uh, Jane Byrne interchange after nine years was supposed to be like four or five and $890 million was supposed to be 500 is going to be allegedly done. Another uh, example of your your society that works. When I mean, you never saw any more than ten people working on the damn thing, no, maybe once in a while on a Saturday, but no, no second shift, no nothing. It was so important. Now, after nine years of making people wait longer, they're actually publishing how much how much man hours and how much gas it's going to save over the next ten years. There's no way they make up for the man hours and gas they lost in the last 10 years. No way, Lou. Just no, all those, numbers, all those numbers are made up anyway. Um, I'm going to start making up some numbers. Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's, there, are, there are penalties for you making up numbers. Well, that's true, yeah. Speaking of which, and I'll, we get to DeSantis in this COVID uh, panel here in a minute, grand jury in a minute. Um, how about the fact that old Sam Bankman freed was about to testify before Congress where he would have been cross-examined under oath by a, a number of Republican lawmakers who were going to try to delve into. And I'm not sure this would have been a bad thing because I think, I, think this kid, I think this kid dumped a fair amount of money on both sides. But he was about to be cross-examined by Republican lawmakers and the DOJ arrested him. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they do that in the Bahamas, but they did. Uh well, I, I mean, the way they did it, <clears throat> he was coming in, he was going to testify under oath, he had a, a prepared statement, and, and DOJ just said, you know what, this is a great time for us to decide to press our charges, uh, we'll tell the Bahamian police to arrest him so he can't, he can't make his appearance. That, that it's very, if, if, let me put it this way, if I'm a prosecutor <clears throat> and a defendant that I'm interested in prosecuting, who, by the way, has a constitutional right to refuse to answer any questions from me, besides he's going to go out and, and answer questions on his own in in, a, in an under oath situation, like a deposition. I, I'm I'm going to let him do it. He can't do anything but hurt himself and help my case. It, it, it's astounding that that arrest was done when it when it was. Well, what I, I uh, what I'm kind of garnering regarding the political contributions. Most of the public ones, or the, the bigger ones, probably because they were in power, uh, was to the Democrats. But a significant amount also went to Republicans. With the way it got to them, might have been illegal. 
it was all this dark money that came from God knows where. So well, I mean, I mean that's what he's that's what he's that's what Freed is claiming. I I don't know. He dumped he dumped something like forty million into political contributions. The initial report was that all but two hundred thousand of it went to Democratic causes. But then I just saw another report that said that there was a three million dollar donation, which is still you know ten to one or so. 10, 10 point something to one to Democrats. There was a $3 million donation to the Republican National Committee, and those idiots, you know, I don't know when that donation was made, but, but you know, but the, the, they took it. My, my point is, this is not a situation of some particularly sophisticated crypto, you know, scam. This is good old-fashioned fraud. And I don't understand where the agencies were that were supposed to be, you know, watchdogging this stuff. Um, I, I don't understand how that happened. Well, it, it is, know, we it, may have we may have accountability. We had we had people on TV yesterday, and it was it was a good thing I didn't listen closely because it would have roused my anger. We had, uh, of course, every everybody's, and I, and I don't I actually don't mind this at all, but just everybody's a minority. Right, that that, that and, and we're in this administration, which is okay with me, I guess. If everybody, if, if everybody's qualified, I don't care what anybody looks like. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question. The idea that the this administration has already said they're hiring for race and gender yeah. and so they get, so they get um, like it's left. But every one of these people, Lou, I don't know if they're young, if they're if they're idiots or what they are or what or what, actually, I, what I really do, I think their opinion of our mentality. I don't want the guy whose job it was to watch the guy in the first place getting up there telling me how he's going to do a great job going after him now. The people's money is gone. It's too late. How, 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 it's, it's like the manager who just lost 130 games telling you how he's going to be good next year. What, 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 do they, do they, they can't wait to get their face on TV. They must think they're going to be president in 10 years because now they're on TV. But the stuff they say, do they, do they even listen to what they're talking about? Oh, look at this. We're going to go get these guys. Rec- yeah, if, if you know all this, why didn't you know it in time to save anybody? What's what's the matter with you? I mean, where, where, where am I wrong here? I, but, but here's a question. How How was how the Bahamas? Of course, when you, like I said, when you read everything in the paper or on CNBC or whatever, uh, you get, how does the Bahamas think that, they, that they, all that property is forfeitable to them? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. But, but I, I mean, they're... I, I suspect that their claim is based on a crime being committed in their jurisdiction, and this gives them the legal authority to seize the, uh, you know, the proceeds of the crime and and hold it. And so that I assume that's the thought process down there. I don't know for sure. Well, I, don't, I mean, I guess my question, Lou, is and this is this is somewhat harsh, uh, but that's okay. Sometimes. There's a little poster on the bus used to say when I went to high school, when the truth hurts, it should. <clears throat> and cl- clearly, everybody knows that I, I, I have a brokerage firm and I manage money for people. Well, to be perfectly blunt, I've had all kinds of people in the last three or four years where I've talked to and said, you know, what are you doing with your investments? Oh, man, I got a Bitcoin. Why would I, why would I give it to some schlump like you? Um, okay. You know, I, I'll, I'll take the hit. You know, as Audrey's friend Nancy says, you take the hit and you move on, right? Uh, I'll take the hit. And all of a sudden, these people couldn't wait. I mean, I, there's no way I could have gotten an investor in here for me to manage their money that was heading off to Bernie Madoff's. Bernie had an angle. 
Bernie, you know, don't worry, this is a hedge fund. I'm, I'm a big boy. I don't need all the rules that I'm uh, burdened. I won't say burdened because most of the rules are pretty damn good. Um, I don't need any of the rules that you have to deal with. These guys are going to make me a lot more money than you ever can. You know what, Lou, at the end of the day, and they find out they ship their money to friggin' Bahamas and give it to some schlump like this, and they lose their dough, one part of me, not all of me, because I don't want to see anybody lose money, one part of me says, just say good. Next time, maybe you won't do something stupid like that. I, I like I said, it's just a little part of me, I shouldn't even have said it, but I did. I mean, I don't, you know, the, the Bernie Madoff, as, as Mario O'Connell said, they knew he had a pigeon, it turned out the pigeon was them. Right? I mean, I... At some point, <laughs> why all of a sudden does the SEC give a crap about Bitcoin in the Bahamas? They, the people went there because they didn't want the SEC involved. Now, why are they jumping in? Pretty soon, well, guess I, what? I agree. I, I mean, there's a... I, <clears throat> my my reaction to this is twofold. Number one, although, I, you know, Chief, I, I, I heard a fairly detailed assessment on this on this case yesterday in a, on a podcast by somebody who'd actually reviewed all the all the documents. And he said all of the if you were if you were an unsophisticated investor, that is, like most of us, you you read the portfolio, you read the prospectus, you looked at what they were doing, there was absolutely nothing in there that would have told you what was actually happening at this company. So so somebody who exercised a regular amount of due diligence would have thought I'm going to put my money in with with SPF, with with FTX, and and it'll stay there, and it's not going to get moved unless somebody talks to me. You know, it'll be invested. It's not going to get it's not going to get transferred. Ownership of that money is not going to get transferred to another entity unless somebody talks to me. That was specifically stated in the document. It was all stated in Bernie Madoff stuff too. Lawyers read it. You had to be a sophisticated investor to get in there. I'm sure people read it and said, this sounds fine. Except, fact is, nobody's checking up on them. Yet, uh, when you give your money uh, to my place... At, you know, at least with Madoff, at least with Madoff, you were getting some kind of crazy return that should have alerted you that, that you know, what this guy was, was promising was, was almost impossible. This, this was what, what it looks like FTX did, was they cloaked the... The relatively mundane embezzlement scam that they were running, they just cloaked it in the jargon of Bitcoin. What? No, actually, well, you know what, Lou? If, if Bitcoin was still fifty thousand bucks, nobody would have cared. All those tokens had been worth what they were supposed to be worth. All the money would have been there. He probably could have got the money back to people. The stuff just went down at the wrong time. It's like it's like margin on tulips. It's the same thing all over it. Well, that's what that's yeah. That's what exposed it. Yeah, the, the drop. The drop is what exposed it. But I, <clears throat> I'm just I'm just saying that that you know the, the, the comment that that you know you you people get what you deserve when when you invest with somebody like this. Well, I I didn't I didn't I, tr- I tried not I might have gone over step. What I'm saying is is when you purposely go outside of the regulatory sphere, yes. and something happens to you. You can't whine at the regula- regulators for for what happened to you. So that's really no, my point. No, no, that's that's right. I mean, I mean, my my your your comment that somebody should have been looking at this, or, or an investor would have looked at this, and a smart one, and said, "Wait a minute, why the Bahamas? Yeah, exactly what are you right. Doing in the Bahamas? Why aren't you set up in New York City?" But again, you're, you're this guy played off 
the same kind of idiosyncratic preferences that a substantial number of people apparently lock into. The schlubby look, the lack of formality, the, the idiosyncratic, you know, quirks, and then surround that. This is, this is Theranos, except it's in finances. Well, the, the one the one firm, and a very, the very, actually a very, well, who the hell knows if they're respected, but they're big, they've been around forever, so I guess they're respected. I should remember the name, but I don't. Uh, these guys gave him how many million dollars? $200 million or some number to manage for them? Because he had the he had the balls basically to be doing a video game during the during the Zoom call while he was talking to these people, because if he's got that kind of chutzpah, we're giving him the dough. They they allegedly made that money up to their clients. If not, God, heads would roll in that place if it was me. And I, you know, I don't, the thought of me firing anybody. But I, I tell you what, wait a minute, wait a minute. You gave our people's money to some idiot who was playing a video game during the interview. Oh, I, I, I know. Well, but. So this is just a variation of the Elizabeth Hutzerface yeah. at Theranos, who looked great, dressed like Steve uh, Steve Jobs, and and spouted some gibberish about blood testing. Um, this is the same. This is the same thing. This person's got some idiosyncratic stuff that we think sets them apart. So we're going to latch on to that. Well, I mean, why? I'd love your opinion because I know you like these people, and I guess I respect them all too, but. In one of one of my, if you were, I were to list ten things wrong with this country, in the top five was the the entire idea of these independent boards. That system is broken. They do not, they do not ride herd on any of these CEOs at all. I mean, I mean, what's his name? Um, uh, Musk just signed, he just sold another three point six billion dollars worth of Tesla yesterday. Well, people forget is was it last year or the year before between his taxes and the Twitter thing. He sold, you know, multi-billion dollars worth of, of Tesla. And the, the board immediately gave him more stock options that essentially made him whole. Although the stock options can't be worth now with the, with the stock going down. They turned around and just made the guy whole instead of saying, what are you doing? But, I mean, the Theranos board, people forget and, and want to forget. Was Kissinger on the board? Schwarzenegger? It was a bunch of old guys. Schwarzenegger was on there. I don't know if Kissinger was. I he think he was. It was a bunch of people that should have known better. Now, is, is Kissinger even going to get a when, when she goes to jail? Her fanny goes in and, and is in a, in, a, in, a, in a striped suit. Is he even going to get a? What are you doing? What what, do you, what was your job? He took a check from these people, Lou. So does yeah, Schwarzenegger's. I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that connection operated. I do know that with FDX, they are going after they being the the uh, contributors. They are going after everybody who was affiliated with that group, who advertised for it, who vouched for it. <clears throat> they're, they're, I mean, Brady's being sued. Uh, what's his face, Larry? What's his face is being sued? Oh, the uh, Mr. Wonderful, the guy from yeah. CNBC. Yeah, the Canadian I mean, guy. People, all these people who stood up and made, you know, um, um, the action hero that did the Super Bowl ad. Well, Scar- all Scaramucci, all these people. I mean, yeah. But look, but the, this, how is the separation taken so that, according to Finra, and I've never seen this play out, I mean, hopefully it never does, but at our latest yearly compliance meeting, which, you know, coming up January, we'll have another one, uh, they're telling, it, it, Finra has now expanded, like, people giving, I mean, I, I can't be on Twitter, I can't be on LinkedIn, I can't be on anything, because I mean, they're, they're all watching me, somebody's supposed to be watching me, everything I do. 
Yet the rest of the world can do whatever they damn well please. I don't, the idea of, the, they even gone so far as to say, if you're like in a bar and you're registered and somebody says, well, what do you think IBM? Oh, I think it's a good idea. That somehow, that's a recommendation. I didn't even, and there's no trade. I never looked at the person's account. I never said, you should buy IBM. They're out of their friggin' mind, Lou. And yet, all of a sudden, these other guys are making a couple million bucks on TV. And there are these, there are these uh, well-known people saying, yeah, buy Bitcoin. It's great. Well, okay, or buy FTX. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, Lou, I don't. The, the world is getting squirrely right in front of my eyes. And, I, you know. I, well, but that's, but that's again, the, the, the focus here is somebody who's, who's accountable. And that's a nice little segue into the Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Uh grand jury or request for the to the Florida Supreme Court. So so here's here's the advantage of what DeSantis is doing. And I think I mean there, there's some interesting federalism questions here since this is dealing with a, a federal you know, a federal program. But but the great advantage of what DeSantis wants to do is it's gonna involve taking people, putting them in front of a grand jury and putting them under oath. And it's a fact finding investigation. And I think, to the extent that these guys were trying to market this stuff in Florida, and that there were federal officials certifying what happened, he may be able to get some answers. Um, at, Luke, at very, explain. At the very least, he's going to get. Start from the beginning. Really interesting. I've not, I've not brought this up yet, so start from the beginning. What exactly is happening? Okay, so so DeSantis announces what two days ago that he is going to the Florida Supreme Court under Florida law and asking it to impanel a special grand jury to to investigate the sale, marketing, and, and advertising of COVID vaccines in the state of Florida. Which, which his state probably has paid a fortune for in Medicaid and other, other kinds of stuff. Uh, ab- absolutely, yeah. and, and which, you know, Florida, like a lot of other states, has a... Um, a mini sort of food, drug, and food and uh, drug and cosmetic act that talks about the requirements to sell, market, etc., drugs, vaccines, etc., within the state. So the state's got a law that that applies to this, and so the, the the Florida Supreme Court can come forward and say, "Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna impanel this." Now, I, whether it will, I don't know. But right, sorry, go now. All right, we're not gonna finish all this today, but. Only got like four or five minutes, but what exactly is a special grand jury, and who who lands on that? Um, they, they there are provisions for impaneling it, but normally it'll be a group of citizens. They'll Just pick they'll pick like any other grand jury. They'll pick a jury of Florida citizens that'll that'll be impaneled to hear this this testimony. Yeah, but you, you now, can't you can't be somebody. I mean, most people are capable of sitting and listening. Mean, when I say this, I was on a jury, and everybody I thought was really pretty good. Uh, but I mean. This isn't the same as a murder case. We're, we're going to be talking about finances and all kinds of stuff, but you better get somewhat at the top of the jury gene pool here, I would hope. No, you, you, no because, because it'll, be, it'll be a regular grade. You can't do that. You can't stack it. Right. So, so they're going to they're gonna have a bunch of, of citizens in there. The prosecutors are going to have to put together a coherent, understandable <laughs> list of things that they think happened. And, and you could start, I mean, just to give you an example, the U.S. military brought hundreds of thousands of doses of COVID vaccine into the state of Florida, advertising them as licensed, all right? 
and and with a with a vials with vials that indicated that they were U.S. licensed stuff. It's it's manifestly clear now to those of us who've been following this that those vials were not U.S. licensed, and in fact they were mis they were misbranded with the label. That's a criminal offense under Florida law. It's a criminal offense under the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act too, but it's a criminal offense under Florida law. So if you're a prosecutor you're going to try to drag in the people that were responsible for doing this. Now, some of these folks are federal employees, and they will resist a state subpoena. So that, I mean, you can see some interesting legal stuff come out of this. Um, some of these people will be civilians working in the state of Florida who, who are subject to Florida subpoena and arrest. Um, they'll put those people in front of the grand jury, and they will ask the questions. Where did this label come from? When was this put in? When was this, you know, whatever. Whatever they need to, to ask. And sketch out this factual case in front of the grand jury. All right, so they subpoena Fauci. What does he say? Pound sand? Well, Fauci's no longer a federal employee. This is the genius of this. He's no longer a federal employee. Now, he's going to be asked about his role as a federal employee and he may try to resist but he's already been deposed he said he didn't remember almost 150 times so we'll see what we'll see what happens but there are a lot of documents out there and if nothing else this will give us a one-stop shop for putting all of this malfeasance into a package that can then be put in front of the American people, and you can say, "Here's what your here's what your regulators did." I, I'm not a fan of what DeSantis is doing, but the feds absolutely will not do this, Chief. What? Okay, now we only got a minute here, but you, you explain this as quick as you can, and we'll delve into this. And this will be a story to just grow, as I assume. Pfizer is not a; they have a U.S. affiliate. I think the the company is actually in Europe, aren't they? They must have uh, the manufacturing for this vaccine was in Europe. Pfizer subject to Florida jurisdiction, though. Okay, because but I mean they're let me, let me I'll Google them here, but I, I I think they're probably some. Let's put this. I think the chairman does not live in the U.S. Uh, no. Uh, does that make a difference? No, because the company's doing business in Florida. Okay, so all right, the uh, little thingy. Uh, well, there's there's some place there. Uh, they're, they're, but I don't, I don't think they're in the U.S. So, but, but, but every every single time somebody's not standing in Florida where you give them a subpoena, you're, you're liable to have to fight the thing for a year, basically. Well, uh, you know, if, if this grand jury issues criminal subpoenas and, and criminal indictments, um, there are mechanisms in place for to for Florida to reach out and work with other states to get these people served and, and have the subpoenas enforced. Okay, so but but it's but it's. It's a long haul. It's, it's the next two years of DeSantis's life if he wants to pursue this, and you don't want to be on that grand jury, right? Could be could be complicated. Well, they won't impanel the grand jury nonstop. The grand jury will be impaneled for like a day or two at a time to hear testimony or review documents. Actually, their headquarters are in uh, New York. Okay, good. Uh, it was founded in Brooklyn, believe it or not. Wow. By Charles Pfizer. Um, all these guys had, and I don't know these particular ones, but are these the guys who... Uh, we're into uh, penicillin. Was that uh, somebody? One of these big firms. That was their big thing. I don't know. Somebody, but uh, so what? So what happens, Lou? If 
if it turns out boy I don't even want to go there what, what happens if our worst fears are realized that this thing is actually I, I was just on, the, on the thing this morning they're talking about our pounding uh, uh, tests at home and and they want they want all the kids to be va- we're, we're still doing it we're not I mean it's it's ongoing yes it's getting worse in fact I mean they're they're, they're, they're telling people I just heard a thing yesterday for those people who think this is a vaccine they want you to get a, vac- a, a dose now every two months if something doesn't work, why do you want to take it every two months? Why would you take Why would you take an unlicensed substance every two months? I don't. You know, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, who do you like? Uh, are you a World Cup guy? Uh, I want Argentina to win because of Messi. Okay. You don't want France to win two years, two times in a row, like uh, Pele did. No, I'm. I'm not in favor of reinforcing anything French. I like that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Argentina. Argentina needs a break. I'll. I'll go with. They need. They, they need a break. Anyway, Lou, thank you very much, buddy. And by the way, how much snow did you guys get? We got nothing here in Denver. But um, all the storm went right around. The ski resorts got some, didn't they? Steamboat claims they got all kinds of it. Ski resorts got hammered, and the eastern plains got hammered. It skipped Denver. You know, it, thank God it's been in the 30s and 40s here. We've got enough rain that if, if it would have been snow, we'd be we'd be cooked till April. But it's 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 rain, so thank God. We got the next the next big national project we need to undertake is a pipeline from Chicago to the Great. Let me help. Let me help you, Lou. First of all, it's unfeasible. It's got to go up. You can't have a pipeline going up. Secondly, why should we give you any of our water? Just saying. Even though I love you. Because you're flushing it into the Great Lakes. That's all right. That's, 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 that's where it belongs. Nobody told you guys to move there. You were perfectly happy in the western suburbs. You did this. Just saying. SP Futures out 39. SP Futures out 144. Right back to the engineers. We'll see if we, he thinks we should send Lou some water. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. 
That's Matt at StocksAndJocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Blowing up back, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down on 3850. NASDAQ Futures down 142. Do we have Mr. Dan? Yes. Um, Dan, I'm just here reading that uh, Twitter has banned uh, the account where they track his private jet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it said other notable names on here are like uh, the guy from Microsoft Gates and the guy from uh, uh, Jeff Bezos and uh, Dan Janitas. How did you get on that list? And it's, uh, that must be a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so they're tracking the tail number of your private jet wherever you go, to, and they're buying well, all these. Something I don't know about yet. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying, I w- uh, you'd like to be on that list. You'd be a big schmo if you're on that list. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, it, it's wild, isn't it? The uh, I yeah. Guess, I guess you can. Absolutely. Well, doesn't every every jet, no matter what it is, private, public, have a tail number? Whenever it I lands so. or registers, yeah, everything has to be tracked. Absolutely. Well, so so Musk said he would not, even though he thought it was against his safety, he would not bleep can this Twitter account. And now, yesterday he did. Is is the saying all power corrupts and absolute power corrupts? Absolutely. Is that true or what? That I would agree with. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're the man. Uh, not, you're the man today that I want to talk to regarding. Uh, let's see. This is Thursday. Uh, the CPI number comes out. The S and P's go up 135. I'm going to say they traded 4140, 4138, somewhere in there. At the end of the day, they were up 26 after actually brushing even, which is totally bizarre. Uh, I pity the I pity the fool who bought the top there. Now, yesterday we were up most of the day. The announcement comes out, everything's okay, and then he starts talking a little bit, and I don't know what exactly tweaked anybody that we kind of headed south after that and uh i don't know if it had to do with um why why they're stopping maybe the maybe well people say it's because they claim they're going to go to five percent maybe it, i had more to do with the fact that things are slowing down i don't know but the, I, don't, I mean i have no idea why the market does what it does but last night we're flat to up and i'll have we come in this morning and we're down 40 i mean yeah. so we're down really almost 180 points from the top tuesday morning on the announcement which is I mean, if you're if you're short it, boy, it's you're, you're retiring. And if you're not, you're, I guess you're expiring. One or the other, huh? Retiring or expiring? Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully neither. But um, the uh, the one thing I'll say though about the fact that we got 50 basis points, that's good news, is that it, the Fed is, I think, gaining back its credibility. You know, the the consensus um, is predictable. The consensus has been predictable the last few months. So that's a good news. And I will say that Powell's um, Speech is also consistent. You know, we still want to get inflation down. There will be more, more um, rate, you know, increases. Um, it's it's another voice that's not really paying attention. That's saying that's already talking about a pivot, and it's people who are interpreting what's happening in the bond market. In fact, my notice. I mean, what's going on in equities? There's going to be volatility. But what what I'm noticing that I think is more interesting is watching the fact that with the with the rate increase. Rates are actually still really low. I mean, you don't see, you know, much movement in the two-year, for example, and you know the you would expect the short end of the curve to have come up with this 
with this news, and it really hasn't moved much. And, and I guess because it was probably already built in, but the the bond market is, you know, yield curve is still inverted, still expecting a slowdown next year or a slowdown in the future. But um, yields are not going sky high either. So I'm not sure what would take that. I think the fact we did have the the better than expected CPI number um, probably is keeping keeping inflation, you know, keeping the rates relatively low. But that inflation number is still high on an absolute basis, um, and there's still labor issues. There's still a mismatch. Um, there's still a lot of companies I speak to that are having trouble um, finding quality talent, and that's across all industries. Maybe not technology. Um, but there's there are issues out there, and this is going to take a while. And and I think people just need to be patient rather than talking about pivot. <laughs> you know, they need to sort of watch what's going on. But I think we're moving in the right direction. You know, having a lower, a shorter, you know, lower hike, um, uh, fifty base point hike, and maybe uh, you know we've got this long seven week period now before the next increase. I think there won't be a whole lot going on in the next few weeks with um, the holidays. But then after that, people are probably going to be determined to start making some move after the first of the year. So maybe we're seeing a short-term sell-off in equities, but I think we're going to see some days where the market is up as well. Well, I, I just, uh, when you look at the at the numbers, and, and you know, but it's 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 sort of weird, uh, Dan. I mean, I, mean, I you know, the, the people who listen to the show, we got some great people, but we're not exactly uh, national TV. I mean, I get that part. But you have people that have credibility. You've got people like Siegel and people like that. Basically, come on and, and say the Fed is all screwed up. That they're, and, and he basically has the same story I do. That their their timing is way off. They're looking at numbers that are no good, and they know it. And they and they and I don't know if they just don't want to call out the, the numbers, but and and they, in my opinion, can completely miss the hardship that is hitting most people. And I and I, I don't. I mean, I to that to. I mean, if he was sitting right next to me, I'd tell him that. I mean, right to his face. I don't have a really a problem with it, but it's not. That he's not trying to do the right thing, and, and I actually think that for all the wrong reasons, they pretty much I agree with you. They've landed right about where they should. But the the thing I find, and you you know you're out more than I am, but it seems like there's this I don't want to give up wage number age number here, but this 25 to 40 year old group of managers that are convinced the world should be one percent, their stock should go up, and people should never get any money in savings. And, and that group is convinced that when this is all over, we're going to be back to 1.5%. And I, I, you know, they could be right, Dan. I mean, they've been right for 12 years, and I never believed it, but it happened. I don't think, I think we're, if the, the best the Fed could do right now is do just what they're doing, even though they're doing it, in my opinion, for all the wrong reasons <laughs> in their mind. It, it, just hang right in here at 4.5%, like forever, or, or go maybe 4 and a quarter or something. Those what the numbers ought to be are for. I mean, it's not. They shouldn't be one. I don't know. Do you know anybody who could write a paper saying this is what we gained by going from three to zero? I, I don't no. know. I don't know a soul. No, not at all. And I, and I think maybe I mean you know the target being closer to five now. I think is is you know five is fine. Um, and I think sort of having a gradual, if you think of it, a gradual uh, move. So like if the next move is twenty five. I think that's moving in the in the right direction. They are going to need to allow some time for these increases to really hit the market. And although I know there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, how it's affecting the mortgage industry in particular, that's one industry that's directly impacted by higher rates. 
Also, you got to remember though, the 10-year treasury, which is where mortgage rates are pegged off of, you know, got down, it's down to below 3.5% now. And mortgage rates have come down a full percentage point from where their highs were just, what, a couple months ago when they were over seven, now they're around six. The other thing that's interesting, I think, on the housing front is there are a lot of people that are paying cash. And now I'm talking about a little bit older age group, but people who have accumulated, you know, equity in their homes in the north that are moving south, but people who have accumulated a lot of, you know, a, a huge amount of assets in their 401ks despite this year, still have a, you know, they're still in positive territory and they still have a fair amount of money. So there is money in the system beyond what was put into the system that I think is going to continue to fuel um, inflation and also a, you know, relatively strong economy. Certainly there are going to be people that are going to be hurt by this, but as long as there's still jobs and as long as there's still companies that are, you know, that are really having struggles finding employment, there's there's going to be a continuation of, of um you know, inflation, we're not going to see, like, a huge downturn in, in um, inflation. I mean, anybody who goes to the grocery store or or goes out to eat knows that um, everything is, the prices continue to go up. They continue to trend up. Even though it's slower, at a slower rate, they're still, they're still high. So there are areas that we know, um, I think, use cars, and I actually am visiting family in Tampa that had, someone rented a car here, and they got an unusually low price. Um, and that, to me, is a sign that maybe there are some breaks going on on the on the consumer side, if you will, that that are going to help continue, um, you know, allow people to continue to travel and and um, spend. Well, Dan, it's it's a uh, I uh, as you know, I, I always you know the numbers and, and the investment scale. There's like two parts of what's going on. There's numbers on the investment scale where I'm, I'm pretty much with you. And, and by the way, listen everything you say. Uh, of what's going on in the macro, but also look at what's going on in the micro, where these people had these policies for the last several years, and now you have a whole chunk of people in this country that have paid that have paid up for a house that they can never move. They paid way too much for the damn thing. Yes, and it you know and that's a problem because every time that happens, that group of people being it's ten percent of the population, twenty thirty, whatever it is, they're someday somewhere. They're supposed to be spending on something they won't be able to. You know, they're, they're, it, they're, it's going to affect something. That's the thing about economics. Everything affects everything. Every decision every person makes yes. affects absolutely, everything. Absolutely. And and, I, and no, I, and I, yeah, I totally agree. And I'll even go one step further. Those people who have purchased these homes, let's, let's say they retired on a fixed income or they're scaling back and, and their income isn't as high as it was in past years, they're also faced with higher insurance rates because that's what we're seeing now, higher property taxes. Yep. And also um, higher HOAs if you're in a homeowners association. So that all of those rates are going up, which is, uh, you know, as you're saying, the cost of being able to maintain and just hold on to these properties, that's going to become an issue at some point. Well, you, you've yeah. got, I mean, it's, it's a lot, maybe because I, I did it so much back in the 70s when <laughs> the other inflation, because that was my job at Pullman, or one of them, one of my jobs. Um, this is so much different, Dan. That's why. Yes. It, it really had to be avoided, and it wasn't. If you would have had, what was the guy in uh, It's a Wonderful Life, with the, the the bad guy? Yeah. The bad right. owner, what yeah. the hell was his name? Uh, I can't remember, was but it, I... Was it I, cra- yeah. Whatever his name was, if he would have walked into the Fed 20 years ago or 10 years ago and said, I own all these properties, and, and I own uh, this stuff, and I own all these stocks, I want you to goose the hell out of them and not care about anybody else. 
Fed did exactly what he wanted them to yeah. do. Yes. And and the other people are they may be be okay, but they're they're just screwed in terms of ever being part of the middle class, ever being. And one of my uh, my attorney buddies was telling me that he has a family that part of his family has moved up like the Lynette and stuff. And you know, and these are the North Shore. This is where the Habs are, right? Right. And he goes, the difference in like the park districts, in the skating rinks, in the indoor thus for all these kids, the difference between what they have and other kids in this city have, it's never been greater. It's never yeah. been anywhere. It is. It is. You know, you can't even imagine the difference. It's it's like two different worlds. What those kids have and what other kids have, and. uh you know, it's, 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 I don't know why, it's, I, I, as I, as I get older, Dan, I, I believe it's done on purpose. I don't think it's just random crap. I really don't. I mean, uh, and I don't, I mean, so right now, even if these guys went to 20%, your electric bill's not going down. Your homeowners is not going down. Right, exactly. Is, and, and, and none of that stuff, you, the, the price of food, the price of gas, anything that's competitive, and f- by the way, food and gas are pretty competitive. People think gas isn't, it is. There's like 21 countries exporting oil. That's why OPEC can never do exactly what they want to do. There's still a bunch of refiners, maybe less than before, so they're a little less competitive. And there's all kinds of gas stations around. So on a scale of 1 to 10, your utility companies being number one, I'm going to say your gas companies, are, your oil companies are probably a 7. They're not as competitive as like farming, but, but they're they're not that far off, to be honest with me. Right. So, so you're going to see... Those guys may be taking a bigger hit than they should, while the, while Kamal Dennison takes no hit, right? Or in your in the city taxes are no hit. They think people are making more dough. The new tax rate, right. they they kept the tax bills after the election. Right. Yeah. No. I I I hundred percent hundred percent agree. And I think the issue isn't just in Chicago; it's in all the major cities. The same exact trends are happening everywhere. And like you're like as you described, it sort of haves and have nots, and who's going to be able to afford and how. Spending issues, and, and I, I, yeah, I'm totally on board. I wanted to make sure I had time to give a couple yes. of ideas. Please and, do. Um, one, one is would one would be that the same th- trend that we've been talking about with with U.S. Treasury bills, and what's changed a little bit with with like in the last week or two, and with the increase we saw yesterday, is that the six month T bill is looking more attractive. In fact, at one point, it was ha- the highest. It was sort of the the. the the high point in the curve, and it's it's come back a little. But you know, to be able to get close to four sixty on a six month, um, four sixty four on a one year, then you drop down to four twenty three on the two year. So if you're looking to just take your cash and put it, to, you know, and you're not sure what you want to do with it just yet, park it in a six month um, T bill and collect that four and a half, four you know, four sixty or one year um, T bill. So that's what's changed um, recently. Those, you know, the sort of those are the two um, sweet spots on the the short term curve. The other ideas, there are still some good yield ideas out there, and I've mentioned, I've met with a few companies. One that I met with just this past Monday is a company called Motive, uh, ticker symbol MDV. Um, they are a REIT that focuses on industrial manufacturing facilities. Um, and like Department of Defense and, you know, wide range of industries, your know, wide range of geography, um, they have a preferred that I like even more that's a cumulative mandatory preferred that pays um, nine, a little over 9% right now. Wow. And it's a, the, the company is 
uh, the CEO is great. The CEO has really has a great um, understanding of not only commercial real estate market, but where the value is, really good understanding of the economy, and, and um, very impressed with this guy. So, you, you know, MDV Preferred, Motive, M-O-D-I-V, um, MDV Preferred, and you're going to get a little over 9%, and it's going to be a steady eddy. It's not going to be a high, you know, a, a super high growth story, but it's going to, you know, you're going to clip a nice uh, dividend there. One other name that we've owned in the past, uh, Genie, ticker symbol G-N-E, uh, energy company, which I think still um, has room to go. They do, um, they provide alternative sources of energy transmission, like say for natural gas, to the retail consumer. And a lot of it is, is um, you know, gas moving from the southern states up to the north northeast. But another part of their business, which is renewables, has really taken off, and they've gotten a lot of funding and have made a lot of investments in the solar space. And if you're going to invest in solar, I would rather be in a company like Genie, G, ticker, ticker symbol GNE. But what I'd rather be in, even more than being in the stock, is the preferred for income. So GNE, Genie Energy, preferred stock, you're getting 6.5%. Plus you've got this upside of the solar business, which... Um, now they are finally seeing the funding coming to them. And I'm starting to hear that from other companies, too, that the infrastructure bill, they're finally starting to see some, some, some uh, money. I've heard that from two or three that I met with at a conference. So here's a way of getting a little more yield regardless of what the Fed does, you know, and, and decent, solid companies, not necessarily high flyers, not growth stories, but high-income stories that I think um, – you know, can, you can add to the portfolio. The other names that we've talked about that I still like are Pitney Bowes. They have those um, four and five eighths that mature in March of 2024. You can still pick those up for about 7% yield to maturity. Good, solid company. Again, um, if you can clip, clip 7% for the next year, a year and a couple months, that's going to be higher than we're going to ever see the, t- you know, the Treasury market. Um, and we've also talked about a- AFSI, which is Amtrust Financial. Uh, they have bonds, six and eight bonds that mature on um, August fifteenth of twenty-three. So you have an eight-month bond trading at around ninety-seven and a half, giving you like a seven and a half-ish yield to maturity. Uh, property casualty insurance company, you know, not an exciting story, but the bonds are money good. So, you know, there are there are places out there right now where you can get yield. So if you're concerned about the equity market and the volatility and you want to place some money in, in some of these corporate names and some of these preferreds, maybe put put, put them in that and then also maybe, um, you know, offset that with maybe some of the short-term uh, treasury bills. Um, so, yeah, we were trying to, uh, last week's theme, uh, I, don't know, I may not have been obvious, my themes never really are, is... Going forward, I actually think there's a chance we could be entering one of these, hopefully not 10 years, I've seen two of those, where the market doesn't do anything for anybody. Yes. Yes. But that doesn't mean that there's not going to be spots in there that at some time or another are going to become a buy. And uh, we're trying to have uh, Lou and my friend Mike Murphy, who also is doing stuff on the soccer force, trying to identify, clearly we're going to increase our defense spending. Now that's you know that's a kind of becoming a little bit of a crowded trade, but still, I think there's probably room there for those guys to do better. 
I think some of the areas in the real t- real estate, maybe the REITs and so forth, maybe even the Chicago areas are just getting decimated. At some point, these places are going to be where you want to go because everything I think everything in America comes back. At least I'm sure hope it does. There's there's like three or four pockets that we're sort of trying to identify as is maybe some places you sort of want to be even in a, in a market that overall is maybe not so you know you can't just put your money in uh, something and, and a year later be rich like three four years ago uh, so I mean we're trying to and I think you're I mean I, I think a, a REIT that did something with commercial stuff with maybe defense company stocks or something defense places wow that, I mean something like that the problem is is trying to get a lot of the stuff especially in the defense th- areas other than the top six names you and I can all rattle off, uh, to get the, the people that are on the mid-sized cutting edge, a lot of those guys, I don't think they're even, I think a lot of them are even mon and they're, they're not even investable. So a lot of a lot of the good REITs aren't really inv- investable by r- regular people, right? I mean, they're, I mean some of them, all, a lot of them are private. Uh, so as, as time goes by, we're going to try and dig some of these out, you know, just for people to look at themselves. We're going to be giving huge recommendations, like put all your money here or anything like that. But uh, you exactly you can do that though because you actually go and see these people, you know. So so you have a much closer tie that the guy sounds like, and I actually saw the place. He really has a building, you know, type, type right. of thing. So um, I'm looking to all the different people on this show to try and piece this together over the coming months. And I I, don't, I think the the property REITs here in, in Chicago and these big cities were probably maybe a couple of years away. I don't know. I mean, you, right. you, you might know somebody who's faster, but right now I'm with you. We got a lot of people in the we did a lot of people in a three-month T-bill, and the next time maybe we'll do six. I mean, you can always sell it, right? It's not like... Right. I mean, exactly. It's, it's not a CD. You don't have any penalty when you sell it. Yeah, I mean, there's no... Uh, you know, you, 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 if you want to get rid of it, even the, you know, the people now who bought the 30 two weeks ago, if they want to get out of 30 and buy the six, we can do that today for, like, next to nothing. Right, exactly. So, That's I mean, it's it's a time to, to kind of use your head. And, uh, you know, so I... I uh, I think you know some of the metals even are taking a hit today with the dollar uh, being as strong. Um, there, you might want to have some money in there too. I mean, I don't know how much, but some. Uh, are you are you on board with this? You like silver better than gold? I thought you t- you said that last week. I do. Yeah, I do. I do like silver better than gold, and I do think that you know as we talked about some of the uses of silver, whether it be um, you know even in the solar area, you know um, cell phones. Um, you know, cars. You know, there, 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 there's the difference between silver and gold is that silver has the same. You know, it's a commodity, but it also has you know uses, industrial uses. It has you know um, industrial uses that, say, for example, gold doesn't have. But you also have silver jewelry, as you would with gold. So, I mean, there. I think silver is the better play. I think it's more. Um, it is, it's undervalued more um, if you compare silver and gold. And the upside is there. You know, I, I, ran, I wrote it from 14 to 42 in its last trend, and then it's we started buying it again around 16, and now it's in the 20s. But, you know, it's it's got volatility, so you have to be willing to hold on. But I think commodities are going to do well in 2023, and I think that you want to have some exposure to um, silver. Well, we've had uh, people in sil- silver and uh, gold for a while, and like, lately what we've been doing, Dan, no, no strategy works forever but you can get hot and it works for a while we've been really hot doing these um you know repair strategies on where we buy one call sell two when, when you also have the stack and then when the stack when the thing runs up which they're running up and running down we're selling the one-to-one piece out on the kind of when it runs up there 
thinking it's not going to keep going, and, and it sort of hasn't. And we've we actually been making money on this like every month for the last three or four. Now, of course, that will That's end. Great. That will end someday. Yeah. But where, where do you put? I hesitate to talk about a stock uh, because I'm not going to recommend it. But uh, some of the stocks, when you talk about uh, you, like a Freeport Macmillan, which used to be that used to be the copper play, right? And then they bought a gold company. So yes. I'm going to say what there's 70 percent copper, 30 percent gold. But with those guys, you never really know how much they hedged. So you can't just say. Copper and gold's going up, therefore Freeport's going up because they might have hedged a lot of it. I mean, so it's it's a little trickier. But do you, do you like those guys? Is just is a long term thing. Yeah, I think it's, I think they're good as a long term play. I, I think I mentioned um, before that you know you can buy a um, uh, an ETF that has gold miners. You know, we talked about Sprott, uh, the the uh, Sprott Asset Management, who I who I met with last week at the conference, and they do have an ETF for. Um, gold miners so that's a way of playing it um another way is you know i mentioned the company and by going to an individual company and again one that i met um at a conference a few weeks ago a month ago or so um south african company uh drd gold yeah we got some people and, in that we do we, we uh, some of my people want to get in that so we got some people in that and it's run nicely it, you know ran from six when we bought it and it's into the sevens now um it pays again you have a nice fat you know, dividend yield on it, was it a sevens, percent, yes. which is unusual. And whether you not like the, whether or not you like the ESG play, a lot of people are buying that. A lot of pension funds, and they're right now out marketing to all those funds as an ESG stock. You know, as a company that that pays attention to ESG in the, in the mining industry. So they're a smaller play. They're a play. You know, you have an, it gives you a little diversification with the uh, South Africa. If, if you know, um, but it is a U.S. dollar. You know, there's an ADR. So and you're getting a nice coupon. I mean, a nice dividend. So well, yesterday it, was yesterday was seven fifteen. I I had it in my big winter column. Now this morning it's six seventy five. So it's it shriveled as a winner. It's still a winner, but it shriveled to Ted. Yeah, but that could change by the end of the day. That's true. Right? We are in and actually, gold and silver are down. I think today, like this morning, uh, I think they're they're off a little bit. So, um, but they'll be back. I mean, this is you know, this you just have to hold on on the volatility. Well, it's, it's, these aren't none of these are really short term plays on a daily basis. It's like trading the dollar, but in the long term, it's not. I think is yes. what you're talking. Yes. So, Dan, thank you. Uh, when are you coming to Chicago? I owe you a drink. I think. Yeah, I, um, I hope to get there after the first of the year. All right, bud. Well, uh, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, next, we're. See you next week. See you next week, buddy. SP Futures down almost forty nine fifty, almost fifty points here. And Nasdaq Futures down one seventy three. Just getting ugly. Be right back, Mr. John Flanagan. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is $7.99 
online on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks and, jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello well, and welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom, Tom Howe. Andrew on the board. SP Futures down 49.50. Anthony Futures down 171. Dow Futures down 339. It's getting uglier about a second here. ECB hike rates. See significant increases ahead as it announces plan to shrink balance sheet. They bought those stocks on their balance sheet at a negative interest rate. I guess they can let them run off some of the stuff that's on there, but uh, I don't know who the hell's going to buy it if they <laughs> if people buy it, they're not going to pay the same price these guys pay. I, I don't want any part of that bleep storm over there. Imagine that. Uh, over in Europe, we've got DAX down on 223. It's 1.6 percent. Puts you down 35.5 percent. Kick around down 103. That's 1.6 percent. So they're they're uh, they're down a bunch. Uh, over in Asia, obviously they couldn't react to this European thing. So so uh, they they were they, as they closed last night. Um, my machine. There we go. The Nikkei down 104.4 percent. Hang Seng down 304. 1.6 percent, but still over 19,000. Shanghai down 8.25 percent. So most of the rally in, off the bottom in Hang Seng is still being preserved. Mid 14.4 was the low. Yesterday, after being up, we were down 142 in the Dow, S&P down 24, NASDAQ down 85. Bonds are down, uh, the guys raised interest rates yet, we're down three basis points on the 10, 3.47. Um, and we've got the, uh, or for some reason, I'm not getting my European feed. So let's go on to oil. Not getting that feed either. But all of a sudden, everything's oil's up, up a penny, 77.29. We got the US dollar. Um, Actually, is uh, wow, a one percent move in the pound. The dollar is rocketing this morning. So, the pound is down to one twenty-three, and the euro is down to one oh six. A natural gas down two cents, six forty. I'll give the crypto number. Bitcoin's down two sixty-nine, seventeen five. It's still over seventeen. 
seems to be the nervous number. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, gloomy, gloomy, gloomy. Yeah, the weather has not been on a good streak lately. Uh, right now we're at 35 degrees here in Chicago, uh, and it's going to be cloudy probably all day and maybe a little bit of rain too. Uh, the highest we're going to get is 37. Uh, but over in Phoenix, things are looking a little similar when it comes to temperature. It's over at 36, but there's clear skies over there. Uh, going to have a high of 58. Uh, for sports, for the NFL tonight, the 49ers play the Seahawks at 7.15. Uh, for the NHL tonight, the Blackhawks play the Golden Knights at 7.30. And for the NBA, last night the Bulls lost to the Knicks, 128-120. And tonight the Suns play the Clippers at 9.30 Chicago time. And finally, for the World Cup, uh, France won over Morocco 2-0. Now over to traffic. Uh, the earlier accidents, which we had a lot of today, have been cleared. Uh, however, the traffic has not. So not too many major accidents. However, there's a lot of red out there. Uh, so expect some delays in traffic, uh, especially if coming from the north side, as the Jane Adams and the Kennedy are looking pretty full today. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. So un unlike, uh, John, how are you? Hi, good time. How about you? All right, crazy stuff. Un unlike our people here, our fine citizens, I'm not criticizing. The Fed raises rates yesterday in the 30 years down. The ECB raised their rates and uh, they're up nine basis points over two percent, 2.02, which is a long haul from the minus point seven they were for a long time. Uh, and again, they're trying to shrink their balance sheet. I don't know who the hell they're going to sell it to, John. <laughs> I mean, or at what price, what kind of a hit they're going to take on that. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's uh, not a good thing. But the uh, what? Uh, so we you heard us talking about uh, all kinds of stuff here. We've got uh, Jane Byrne Interchange, double the cost and double the time done. Not quite double the cost. Uh, we have every all these. We've got the Hunter Biden thing. We've got the DeSantis thing. We've got uh, real estate stuff going on. Uh, where, where do you want to start, bud? What do you what, uh, what? pick your poison, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the Jane Burn interchange, you know, if that's really finished, and by that I mean they have a ribbon cutting tomorrow, yesterday I think, and they're saying it's done. But like every other project, something used that heavily, and so essential to moving everything around. Uh, you know it's going to need substantial repairs within five years. It's just—it's a given. So you're not going to get any kind of a, a peace dividend here. Well, I, I, say it's, if you just ignore any problems with it, it's going to come back and bite us real fast, I'm sure. Well, you know, the, the way they do this uh, construction now, it's a lot different than than back in the day. I mean, they it's really not even pavement. It's almost like a bridge deck, the way they put it down with the reinforcing and they... They use the different levels of stone, and then they actually put a level of asphalt there between on top of the stone to keep the water from getting underneath the the concrete. So it's they, they I mean, the Ryan was done what how many years ago, and it still looks like it's new, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, sixty-two. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the total redo or the oh, the total redo. Oh, yeah, that's that's going on. You know, fifteen, twenty years now, I think. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's still. I think they you know do a pretty nice job with this stuff, pretty much. All the time. I mean, and uh, some of the some of the uh, metal working that they do because one of the guys we play softball with is into this. Some of the metal working that they do on the on the girders, uh, the rust proofing methods are way better than they were 20 years ago. They don't they don't get as rusty. They last longer and they look better. And there's you know there's there's improvements. Uh, I think as we go, 
in just about everything. I mean, uh, you know, we're not we're not dead from the neck up totally. Uh, politically, maybe we are, but you know, Jan, I want to. Yesterday, uh, Russell, I think, he asked me some asked me what I thought about you know Trump's base, and I was just talking about why people like him and why he's a disgusting human being, but because. And, and, and I mentioned the part that uh, that you know that people start to get this this relative part where you know the guy lies more than anybody I've ever heard. Yet you know somebody would say, even you know my close people close to me would say, well every politician lies. What's the difference? And, and you know what's the matter of degree there? I guess. And sure enough, after the show, we got a bunch of tweets. What about Biden? He just is being. <laughs> and, I, and I can't emphasize enough. Let's let's have a Biden segment. <laughs> part parts that. Maybe we don't like about Biden or, or things. There, there's a different skill set there. I mean, the guy hasn't been an international sleaze bag as long as his entire life. I mean, Trump's a two-bit county huckster to me. But, but now does does Biden, with the son and him never, and all the stuff going back and forth, did you know what is in his background of the career politician? Uh, I don't know. It's it's not the same stuff. It's different. I don't have a. I don't really. I'm not a fan there either. I mean, I just, I'm, a, I'm a fan of there's 330 million people in this country. We can do better. That's what I'm a fan of. <laughs> I mean, and and uh, it's not about, you know, criticizing one person versus, you know, and, and then if the other one say, well, he's just his bit. I, don't re- I really don't want an election where I vote for the least worse. I mean, that, that's, that's my goal. It's not about denigrating somebody or whatever. It's, it's about, I mean, I, you know, Danny Apple does not fall far from the tree. I mean, my mom's been dead 16 years, and we went out. At a breakfast one day, and we were talking about Bush and uh, Bush and Kerry, uh, and uh, she says, "I can't believe 300 million people in this country, and we got two guys running that are C students, and it, it both were laid naked in a, in, a, in a coffin, looking up at dead animals with the, with the skull and bones." She goes, "Can't we find anybody better?" She would be imagine how she must be spinning in her grave seeing Biden and Trump. Those guys were way better than these guys, I think. I mean, don't you? Well. Yeah, and, and the thing about Biden and, you know, you look at the whole package you have with him as a politician, whereas, you know, Trump, not a politician, certainly not a, a politician in the you know, traditional mold, that's for sure. But, you know, Biden has now been on the national scene for, for what, 50 years? Yeah. And I, I can't find one thing that redeems him, <laughs> that makes him in any way qualified to be president at any point in his life, maybe least of all now that he's closer to the end of it than, than the beginning. But it's just been one fiasco after another. He should never have been the candidate for starters. I mean, that was that was one of the most dismal you know, primary races I think I've ever seen. Biden didn't win anything until South Carolina, and I, I'm not sure how he won that or whether that was fair either, but at some point they were trying to winnow the field down and all yeah, the yeah. other clowns dropped out. Biden became the candidate, and Kamala Harris, who was the only one probably worse than he was in the primary run-up, ends up being his running mate. And to me, you can't say that this has anything to do with popular appeal or skill or you know political know-how or anything else. It's, the whole thing stinks. It's who, it's who? These two people are in uh, you know, the positions they are and had any kind of credibility anywhere during the campaign. So right away, I think the whole process stinks. It, it isn't so much that we, you know, we have to settle for the worst candidate or the, the least worst candidate, 
but it's just the whole process by how these people end up well, being Jen, where they are. Everybody is, t- is totally corrupted. Everybody, make, make two comments here. One is when you when you talk about uh, corruption. All right, the is, is uh, you know as, as George Stigler said one day in class. Cause I remember this stuff because it was so mind-boggling to me at the time. He goes, "You got a Chicago alderman, and 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 you, you pay the guy n- like nothing, which they used to in those days, right? This is this is the seventies. Because you pay the guy nothing, and you're because you know he's stealing a little bit, but then again, you're appalled he's stealing. You know, <laughs> so we, w- which which way do you want it? You know, and some some guy asked him a question one day, and he goes, "How can you stop corruption in in the city?" He goes, "I can stop it tomorrow." That time, Mayor Daly, Daly one, was making what, John, forty grand a year, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was like he goes, you give, he goes, he has a bigger budget and more people working for him than I don't think General Motors than than Ford or somebody, and yet he makes you know a tenth of what that guy makes. He said, give the guy a million dollar salary and and withhold eight hundred thousand of it. Or then seven, then six, and have it in, in trust. And if he ever gets caught in any corruption, he forfeits all of it. So I'll guarantee you, I won't wipe it out totally. But I'll, we're doing exactly the opposite of what we want to have happen. And it, we're, we're we're expecting people to be corrupt so we don't pay them. And then we don't pay them, they're going to be corrupt. He goes, it's it becomes a, a total circle. And uh, the other thing, but at some point, when it gets so Tremendous. When I think there are people pulling the strings behind who's ever run, I mean, you just, I mean we we eviscerated. I mean, the guy had problems. He, you know, he, I guess he liked hookers. All right. Well, you know, I'm, I've never gone down that road, but uh, maybe a lot of people smarter than me have had a hooker. You know, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's not something I would ever entertain. But uh, I mean, Elliot Spitzer was probably the brightest man of our generation in terms of. Knowing where all the bones were buried, and having a moral conscience, he, he, in some ways, he was our, he could have been our Roosevelt. The people who really run this place, whoever they are, couldn't wait to get rid of him. Gary Hart was the same way. He was just a little too independent. You didn't exactly know who he might go after. You got to get him the hell out of here. And and we end up with these people that all of a sudden, the, the you know, Obama I think is a pretty good guy, but he was never. A rabble rouser. He was never going to take on any firm. He was never going to be a, a big antitrust buster. He's not going to be a Teddy Roosevelt. He, and so they they couldn't wait to. All of a sudden, the guys got traffic in front of him, and the traffic disappeared every time he ran for office. So to to not recognize that this is happening and trying to figure out why and who, I think it's a problem because now the corruption is reaching the stage where it is affecting policy. I mean, nothing is more blatant than the than the, the lady who just became a non Democrat in Arizona. These guys gave me a million and a half dollars. I'm not going to sign this bill unless I reward them. She basically told the American people that on national TV. And everybody goes, okay, that's fine. No, 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 it's not fine. <laughs> it's not fine. I mean, I, but I, I can't even, if I went to a bar tonight, and especially if I sat down with a bunch of young people and said, this is horrendous, they'd say, what are you talking about? That's the, that's the world. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what everybody does. They, they become this moral relativism that just glosses over everything, Janet. I think it's a problem. I really do. I, I don't know if there's a leader that is willing to, to buck this trend and not get eviscerated. Now, Trump, I think people were out to get him because he he was a wild card. But I also think he gave them every opportunity to come get him. I mean, if, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be that person, you got to be as Bill Flores used to say, you got to be purer than Pharaoh's wife. 
You can't you can't be Trump lobbing bombs at everybody and all of a sudden paying your lawyer to go pay off a hooker. You, you can't do that. I mean, am I right? I mean, where am I wrong? Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll to put it in in the same picture here as the, the Hunter Biden thing. I really think most commentators, if you if you listen to what people say online or on Twitter about Hunter Biden um, and where his real threat was to either the family or the presidency or whatever, it dates back well before Joe Biden left office as vice president. And what what is he seriously compromised on are things that relate to Joe Biden's vice presidency, that he was compromised totally by the Chinese and God knows who else while he was sitting, you know, at the Naval Observatory residence before Trump was even elected. And it's gotten, I'm sure, worse since then because he's got a bigger name now to peddle. Well, that's my point. The corruption is getting so bad it's influencing policy by a, by well, a long way, by a long way. This is what it isn't so much, you know, the hookers. All that stuff is is bad enough. It, it shows you know a, a character flaw. And what president have we had, you know, in the last fifty years that hasn't got character flaws too, you know, great to catalog? But but the recklessness of the way that the Biden family has conducted itself. Um, just the fact that the laptop has ended up being a story. Oh, yeah. This guy was so drug-addled that he didn't know or care what was on computers that he surrendered for repairs and then forgot to pick up. I mean, who can you blame for that other than somebody who's totally wrecked? Well, I mean... His it, memory it, and everything else. And it's not just the one laptop. There's several laptops that have been you know, flying all over the place. Well, every, everybody is in total agreement, and I know somebody who's... One of their kids was in Washington as a as a page, or the hell they were. The same time Biden was a lot younger, Hunter Biden. That's the biggest sleazeballer was. You know, there, there, there's no. But I mean, we, we, we the, the person we just had. I'm sure not going to do the same thing the listener did yesterday because you're bitching about Biden being saying we got, we had a guy who had had all kinds of business dealings where they bailed him out of a couple of condo places from the Russians. Now, can we expect him that when he when he deals with them and he owes them money for God's sake? Are are we, you know, are we expecting him to have? Is this going to be a straight one-on-one conversation? I, I don't know, but somehow the solution has to be. You know, and this is this is never going to happen. I remember in the, the Untouchables, when Sean Connery said, "If you want to get somebody, get somebody right." What do you say? Right from the tree or whatever. They went to the police academy. You got the little Italian guy. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, there, there, where, you went to where'd you go to law school? Harvard. Oh. Oh, I thought you went to Harvard. Jeez, please. <laughs> but I mean, there, there's, there, there was there was no sign up in DePaul that said wanted a Supreme Court clerk, clerk, uh, clerk for the summer or somebody who's willing to act as a as a page for the House and Way or Ways and Means Committee or some crap. Everybody normal is totally locked out of any of those jobs, and the people you have there are the same sleazeballs kids. That, that turn into be, they realize, boy, this is this is where the butter really is. I never have to have a job if I hang here. We need we need to to break a lot of out of that. John. There needs to be a kid from Wisconsin, a kid from DePaul, a kid from Loyola, maybe a kid from Notre Dame. I don't know, but a kid from Illinois. Those people should get. There should be like one congressional aid spot per school that everybody has to have. Get regular people there. Forget. Am I right or wrong? I mean, we preaching to the choir, Tom. This is this is why I found Amy Coney Barrett the most refreshing choice Trump could have made, and only Trump, by the way, would have ever made an appointment like that, because she didn't fit the Ivy League mode that's just become this tyrannical 
mindset on the Supreme Court, where if you didn't go to Harvard or Yale and, and also clerk for a Supreme Court justice and also be connected in God knows how many ways financially and, and in your family to some power figures, you know, going back hundreds of years, you'd never get a shot at these jobs. So I, I, I you know, nobody but Trump would have ever dared to do that, believe me. And well, then the fact that she was I don't, I never, I never said it, I never said the guy was all... In favor of abortion, again, I, could, I don't think you could find a candidate in, in either party who had that kind of nerve. So say what you will about Trump. I never he said he was something. I think that, that is a. I wish more people had had his bravery to do that. The only thing I said about Trump is he disappointed the hell out of me because I've always wanted somebody from the outside in there, and he and he and he blew that up. But I also think that we can do better than both of these guys. Is where I started the conversation. Well, I I, I agree, but you know Trump never really got a fair shot at all, Tom. And this is what. But I, he. You know, it, 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 I'm I'm agreeing with what you're saying here about how screwed up this whole system is. I think Trump was handed a list by somebody that even he can't disclose the name or names of these people of the short list of people he could pick for whatever tag oh, yeah. position. You know, he and a lot of his positions never even got filled. But but he was told you get this person or you you know, we're gonna ruin you John, in the process. If, he was I think and this if, is the case probably with a lot of people, even if you're not playing for the other side. If if Jan we were gonna do something like that. And I say do something like that. If we had a group that was going to send somebody, try to send somebody as a third party or whatever, do something for the White House, you can't be, uh, let's put it this way, I was I was on a board, all right, uh, and, and I tried to do some stuff. And I was accomplished a few things, but, you know, nothing national, national note. Um, if you're going to do that, you when, you, when you, when you're there, you know this, I'm going to, you have to make a, a reasoned idea of what you're trying to accomplish. And when people don't agree with you, you have to say, Hey, Joe, let's have a beer tonight and, and explain to them why exactly you feel. Maybe you can bring them, maybe you can't. But at, at the very least, you impress upon somebody that actually, you actually give a bleep about what's going on. There's a, you, can't, you can't not expect to have the press on your side when the first news conference all you do is insult everybody. People don't react well to that at any level. News, news media, anybody, other board members, staff members, you can't do that. There, there were staff members at the CBO that, that even though they were against what my policy might have been, loved to meet with me, and I helped them out. And help, you know, when we were trying to buy the place, I did some of the finance work for a guy because they didn't have a financial analyst. I, I helped everybody, and uh, so at, at least when there was no agreement, there was mutual respect. He didn't do anything like that. And he, he had to know that coming from the outside, you have to do that. His, and his interpersonal skills are zero. Oh, but I, I disagree completely, Tom. I mean, coming from the outside, you've got to be an outsider from top to toe. I don't. And I don't. This, this explains still why he's anathema within his, with the Republican Party. And to, to speak of how the Democrats feel about him, you know, you've got to look for superlatives that I don't have. Yeah. But, but the fact that his power base. Now this constituency is largely unchanged. Tells me that you his, his constituency have to have somebody who is as, as irritating as possible to the powers his, that be, his, and that means he's going to be irritating to a lot of people who well, you can hold be, their nose and vote for you him. Can be ir- but you can't get somebody to come in like a Jimmy Carter and conciliate and be Jan, a friend to everybody. Jan, nobody chewed up in two minutes in Washington. Nobody was more irritating to the status quo than Franklin Roosevelt. 
Yet every Saturday he got on the radio and he and he, he took his message to the American people. As did Trump, Tom. Uh, look not at, look no at one, the rallies. Look at the Biden rallies. But the rallies are always as everybody's a crook. Everybody's a, there was there was nothing forward seeking and nothing set him apart. Vision visionary from anybody else. Where Roosevelt did, he had a bigger in, intellect than any of these people, and he showed it. Trump doesn't. I mean, I'm just just saying. I mean, we, we can argue about this forever, but the fact is, it, we, we need somebody that has a visionary that if somebody get on radio, I, I would do the same thing. I'd have a radio thing every Saturday morning for a half hour. You know, you know, you know the two people, <laughs> believe it or not, who, who gained incredible, uh, I'll, I'll say, fa- favor, followings and favoritism by uh, embracing radio right out of the gate and taking your taking your story right to the, the people without going through the media was Roosevelt and Hitler. And I don't know which one of them did it first. Hitler did the same thing. It was like every Saturday he did a radio broadcast. He jumped over all the other parties because he talked right to people. And I, I, <laughs> I'm not equating the two well, people. We, you know, Roosevelt was lucky because he had, you know, the, the politics hadn't coarsened to what they'd become now. He had a press that even the, the people opposed to him, like, like McCormick at the Tribune, and a lot of other newspapers who didn't truck with him at all. Oh, McCormick hated he him. Gave him a, com- a complete pass on his health for all four terms. Uh, hid information that, that the voters, I would say, you know, were entitled to know about. But it's, it's because he was he was. Ape. I don't know if he did it because he was such a nice guy or because he could talk to everybody. I think he was as ruthless probably as anybody else. But he had a, a different manner. We we live in a very different time now from the 1930s. When it comes to what, what is acceptable can, in political office, so you've got people like Mayor, you know, Mayor Lightfoot dropping f bombs all over the place yeah, well, on Twitter. I mean, this this kind of stuff was unthinkable a hundred years. But it's ago. still com- communicating your story. I mean, I, you learn this in business a little bit, uh, John. We've got to dash in a minute. I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but I used to have when clients. I love the tangents, Tom. Well, when, when, when I when I used to have clients come in, my cousin is a been a sale, but he's a he was a halfback at a major college, a terrific guy, great athlete, and uh, he became a salesman for whatever. He was an account at United Airlines and said, I didn't want to do this. He became, he sold copiers, he sold other stuff, and uh, I was doing some stuff here, and I'm trying to get some clients, this is a long time ago, and I'd have guys come in, and uh, and they'd, I'd talk to them, and he'd come home and talk to my wife, and uh, and uh, I'll let you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the answer would be no. I'm telling this to my cousin, he goes, what's the matter with you? <laughs> You're an educated man. Don't ever let anybody else market your product. That's that's your job. Tell the guy to bring the wife in. You sell them both. Not sell them. You, you impress them both. I mean, you, you can't, same thing, you can't have some some person out there talking to the news, some, you know, a, a, you know, a Huckabee or whatever the hell her name is. You have to talk to people directly. You have to tell them, this is what I want to do. And, how, and you're going to be involved, and here's how you're going to be involved, and here's how it's going to help you. They, they, they want you to talk to them. They don't want all this other crap, I don't think. My cousin taught me that. Once I did that, Jan, I never lost a sale. Well, you know, Roosevelt had his flaws, too, though. Oh, I sure. Mean, the people he really had to fear, and this, this happened within his first term, was Charles Coughlin, the radio priest, you know, from oh, yeah. Royal Oak, Michigan, who I would say... Was was a Trump-like figure, and that he pulled no punches in his radio broadcast, um, and had started out being a big fan of Roosevelt. But by 1935, he had completely, you know, separated from him. Huey Long, the same thing. Yep. I mean, these are two very Trump-like figures that Roosevelt pretty much was able to demolish. I mean, the Long got assassinated, and the, the official story of his assassination has never really made sense to me. 
voted by his bishop to shut up because they, 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 whoever placed the call to Cardinal Mundelein in Chicago or what reached the Vatican or whatever yeah, else, don't, don't ever, all of a sudden Coughlin just went back to being a parish priest and left Roosevelt alone. Don't ever but, get, but, but that, that kind of thuggery, I, w- I would call it thuggery, has always been a part of politics. Yeah, but don't, don't Roosevelt ever get, could do it by making it look like he wasn't a thug. Don't ever get the idea that, that I thought Roosevelt was, was perfect because what he had to deal with at the time you still get some of the... The only reason why he got some of the stuff signed that we think was, you know, incredible legislation was he brought people back to Washington in the summertime when it was 100 degrees. And they just signed it and went, so they go home. I mean, but the... the, the, the right, the, and he lied and schmoozed like, like the yeah. best of them. <laughs> but but, but the, economy, the economy was going nowhere. There were people... I mean, there were people who... I mean, as much as we like our system of government, 1933, we're going to be looking at, at our four walls going, this ain't working so hot. I mean, there, there was there were people who were were communists and socialists, not because they were the bad terms of communists and socialists. They were looking for any alternative to this mess, and, and they had constituents behind yeah. them too. I mean, we, but I mean, we can't really conceive today how busted the system was then. Well, it's, I mean, we think it's, it's completely busted now, and, and was never like this before, and it certainly was like this many times in our history. I think we're we're. We're not we're not like the '30s, but we're like the '20s with this total differentiation of people with money and that. And we we got to figure out a way to deal with that. One of the ways oh. I'd like to do it is have is have dividends uh, be tax deductible and corporations pay the same rate. Get the dividends back to people and have them. They don't well, One piece of good news, Tom: the Washington Post lost 500,000 subscribers in this year. So I, that's a start. <laughs> SP Futures down 52. On that note, John, we'll talk at you next week. Yep. Uh, who do you like, France or Argentina? Uh, yeah, I got French sympathies. I always have. I'm, I'm a Francophile. What can I say? Oh, God. <laughs> who's, who's better, do you think? Moderna or what's his name? Or Mugabe or uh, Messi? Oh, I don't see Messi. I think. Yeah. My nephew takes another year or two. It'll be the other way, but he thinks Messi maybe right now today. Nasdaq Fitch is down 180. Not looking good. We'll talk about it on Monday. Oh, tomorrow, I mean. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll do it tomorrow. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708 403 2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1 800 821 4968.